as a mindfulness teacher or practitioner, as an act practitioner or whatever you're offering out there, do you ever think about how you assess the quality of your teaching and why is that even important? It sounds quite formal. Is it something that you really need to do? That's what we're going to be exploring today in the Teach Mindfulness podcast. My name's Shamesh. We're going to be talking about how do you actually assess how your classes are going. To be able to improve, you do need to have some feedback, right? If you're just teaching and you've got no sense of any feedback, then you can't improve. A nicer example of this that I've heard before is imagine if you're playing basketball and you're blindfolded, you've got those noise-cancelling headphones you can't hear, and you try to throw the basketball into the hoop. Now, you can practice all day long trying to get it into the hoop, but if you don't get the feedback about what's working and what's not working, whether you're getting the basketball into the hoop or not, then you can never improve. So feedback is really, really important. And uh, I just want to give a little shout out to ACT here as well, because of what they dis- what they discovered in, uh, in therapy, when people are doing therapy or taking therapeutic approaches, how do you know if the actual therapy is working? Let's say someone has a mental health challenge and you're offering a therapy to them. How do you know if it's working? Just because of the, the patient or the client seems to be doing well in the, in your office doesn't mean that you know long term a year from there or several years down the line they will continue to improve and what they've discovered is that amazingly in therapy one in one of the in mental health when it comes to mental health therapies the feedback can be really really poor you can have a few sessions with someone you think they think they've got it you, you think you've made a difference and you have really nice conversations Maybe they're just trying to please you to say that, oh, yeah, yeah, this is working, this is great. And they go back to their old ways. And that's why it's important to use research-based approaches because of when when research is done on something like ACT or mindfulness, people have been followed over the long term, not just over the course of uh, the sessions that you had, but after a year, after two years, after three years, after five years, to see the stuff that you taught them, the skills that you taught them, do they actually make a difference? And so that's why I'm, I'm passionate about using evidence-based approaches, not things that just happen to feel good because maybe that's just temporary. And so we know that the, the six flexibility skills of ACT, which I've talked about uh, earlier, I think, in earlier episodes, and uh, you know the skill of cultivating mindfulness. We know there's, there's good evidence, I would, I would argue, that it does work. And it's been tested so that's a little bit of an aside but yeah let's talk about uh, assessment and feedback and measuring the quality of our of our classes now surveys are one of the best not one of the best ways but one of the ways that's often used when wanting to assess the quality of a class you you know you do a course let's say you do an eight-week course and at the end you give a survey and you say you know give the rating out of 10 what did you think of this what worked and and what could be improved and that's better than nothing but I would say that's kind of on the weak side when it comes to measuring feedback so what can you do to improve well one way to simply improve that is to actually have a survey every week so you could actually send a mini survey out uh, each week of an eight-week course for example and get a bit of a sense 
of how the class is finding the sessions. So that can be quite interesting. Um, when I teach my daily mindfulness club, there's a little form that pops up at the end of the session every day. And so every day people can give feedback if they want. And at the beginning, I was getting a lot of feedback and getting an idea of what, what people liked and didn't like. And now they most people don't seem to bother because bother they've kind of got into the groove of it and they don't have too much more feedback to add. Um, but that's one way of doing it. <laughs> but surveys is not the only way and perhaps not the best way to assess the quality of your classes either. I would say it's even more powerful to just observe when you're teaching your class, how is the class responding? What are they saying? Uh, how they're responding to what you're teaching. And so you can listen to that. Are they showing up for future classes? That could be a form of assessment. And also you can ask them one-to-one. -one. You, uh, you, could, you could send a little message to them or have a little call with some people and just ask them as you're doing the course, how's it going, what's working, what's not working. I think that could be really powerful. And when it comes to assessing, try and ask as many open questions as possible. So rather than narrowing them down to ask for a specific question, ask more general questions. And uh, if you really want to become really good at uh, co uh, collecting feedback, you can get really curious. You can ask them, okay, you know, oh, I really like this body scan, but I didn't, you know, I didn't like this aspect of the class. You're like, okay, that's interesting. Can you can you say more about that? Is there anything else you're going to add? These kind of simple questions can actually pull something uh, quite interesting out of it. Now, another thing I want to add into mix is that not everyone knows what they actually want from the class. And that's why things like surveys or even asking people questions about how it went or what worked or what didn't work doesn't necessarily uh, result in helpful feedback. Um, the example that comes to mind is when the iPhone first came out. Now, nobody was really asking for an iPhone at that time. Uh, nobody, you know, if you, you could do all the surveys in the world and people didn't, wouldn't say that. But once it did come out, then, you know, billions of people, or at least multiple millions of people bought it and they were really interested in it. So they didn't really know that they want it. But then once they started using it, they thought, wow. And so you never actually know exactly what people want. And so all these surveys and questioning can only get you so far but you also need to trust your intuition and trust the research and share these evidence-based approaches from ACT and mindfulness with your, with your students. I would say the key underlying all this, which is really powerful, is to keep trying new things. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of these fixed programs. I can see uh, why they originally developed, but we don't need to have these very fixed programs so much anymore because of the research from ACT shows that we have these six flexibility skills we can bring in creative ways in classes. So you can try new things, share, share mindfulness or values or acceptance or the other skills in, in a creative way and see how your audience responds to it, the group that you share it with. And then keep listening, keep uh, getting a sense of the response from the group and then keep, keep it evolving. And that's what makes it fun. So thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, tomorrow or in the next episode, we're going to be talking about the value of building a community of students. So check that out. And uh, if you want to join our community of mindfulness teachers that's just launched this week, then get in touch with me. It's called the Teach Mindfulness Academy. All right. 
see you tomorrow or whenever you're listening to the next episode.